Hey everybody, coming to you live from a quarantined shelter in Royal Oak, Michigan. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and this is Future Brew, our uh, Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast here on SB Nation's Maize and Brew. We are lucky to even uh, be able to talk about uh, recruiting uh, during a time like this, but we've got some news that we'll get to. Uh, but first, I want to introduce my co-host here, John Simmons. John, are you uh, are you all coped up and, and ready to uh, be in quarantine for the next few weeks? Yeah, I definitely am, and it snowed about a foot today in upstate New York, so <laughs> that makes it uh, even more easy, I guess, to stay in your house. Yeah. Well, yeah, it snowed a little bit here in Michigan, too, when I was uh, going into uh, the day job today. And then by the time I walked out, all the snow was gone. So that was uh, quite an interesting situation to go through, uh, considering that today was actually my last day of actually working at work. I'll be working from home now remotely for the time being. Now that Michigan is in this uh, stay stay in place kind of thing, shelter up and, and don't go anywhere except for the essential grocery store trips and trips to the pharmacist and hospitals. And, you know, you can still go outside for a jog to keep physically active and things along those lines. And um, is New York the same way now like that, John? Yeah, we've had a stay at home order since last Friday, I think. Okay. Is when it came into effect. Yeah. So it's that makes a, sense. A little bit here. Yeah. I'm work from home as well. Yeah. Because I, I, I knew that uh, New York was one of the, the, the bigger hit states, um, you know, with the confirmed cases of COVID-19 and uh, things along those lines. I, I kind of figured that you guys would be sheltered in place as well. So is it uh, is it as uh, glamorous as people probably think it is working from home and doing things like that? Because I've really never experienced anything like that before. Yeah, fortunately, my day job is pretty easy. I probably could have done it from home before, uh, you know, the the pandemic hit. But uh, it's been not too bad so far. Just you know, staying in in communication with all your coworkers is is the big the big uh, thing to you have to work on more. I'd say when everyone's in separate places, but uh, you know, you can still get things done. Probably not as on top of things as you usually are, but you know, there's going to be some slacking. I think when you're at home. But it's okay. Uh, works out well. It, it's going to be really interesting for me and for the people that listen to this podcast that don't know or follow me or whatever on Twitter. I, I'm an assignment editor at uh, WXYZ Channel 7 here in Southfield. And uh, pretty much my entire day job is just communicating with our reporters and our photographers and our producers and pretty much everybody. So I'm like at the forefront of conveying information from one person to the next. So it's going to be, uh, <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see how all this goes. But, uh, one of my coworkers has been working from home for the last uh, week and a half or so. She's an assignment editor and things seem to have been going quite well. Um, so I will get my first crack at it here this week. I am, uh, eager for the challenge and, and ready to get going on that. But, uh, it is certainly an interesting time in uh in our lives and this is going to be uh one for the history books for sure our, our grandkids will probably uh probably all read about it in a uh, world history book at some point in uh when, whenever that happens but it, it really is just baffling and and it, it's like a movie it's like we're all playing out in a movie quite honestly john i went to the grocery store it, it when the first time i went to the grocery store once the pandemic hit michigan it, it was like i was literally playing uh, 
a, a main role in a movie going through this grocery store and seeing no toilet paper, no, no paper towels, um, no, no hand soap, no hand sanitizer. No, none of that stuff was on the shelves and people were just hoarding these things left and right. And it was just, um, I don't know if you've had any experience like that, John, yet uh, since, since this whole thing hit a few weeks ago, but it is uh, unlike anything I've ever seen. At, at all in my entire life, this is probably the most uh, the most interesting uh, time that I can recall as uh, uh, as being on this earth. I know that um, you know when nine eleven hit, I was only in first grade, so I don't remember a ton of all of that stuff. Uh, the big blackout in two thousand four was another one that comes to mind for me. But this is uh, this is a really intriguing time in history, man. Yeah, definitely, it feels kind of surreal at times. Uh, walking, you know, I'll take walks around the neighborhood and stuff just to get out of the house and seeing how empty the streets are and yeah, empty shelves when you go to the grocery store and stuff. It makes you kind of feel like you're in a movie. Um, I, I started rereading The Stand by Stephen King, which is, you know, about a big pandemic that wipes out the the whole, a lot of the population in the country. And I don't think it's that bad in our life, but it is kind of like, oh, I can relate to this now more than I ever thought I would I should be able to, to a Stephen King horror novel. So I don't know if that's helping my anxiety or not, but it's, it's just something you know, definitely a new experience that no one else has had. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I, I can really relate to people's anxieties and, and fears of, of all of that, just not knowing what the future holds and never going through this experience before. So I can absolutely relate to those folks that, are at home and are, are scared and, and are, um, you know, holding their loved ones a little closer than they normally do because you never know when this is going to hit your household or if it will at all. So the unknown being there is definitely the, the, the biggest, uh, anxiety factor I feel from, for me personally. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to keep calm. Uh, I, I'm not worrying too much about this. This will come and go as everything does in life. This is just another obstacle for all of us to overcome. And, you know, when you look at things on television and read things on the Internet or listen to things on the radio and you keep hearing the confirmed cases in the United States continue to grow, I wouldn't try and worry too much. I, I think that's more so the silver lining is that there there's more testing available at these hospitals and these places that people are going to get tested, where, whether you're going through these these drive-through uh, uh, testing facilities outside the hospital or whether you're going to a doctor office or wherever it is, I think um, I, I think the, the, the case is growing is inevitable. It's just being able to slow down the spread. And as uh, Twitter and everybody have been saying to hashtag flatten the curve. And I think that's uh, what we're all trying to do with uh, Michigan and New York and some of these other states like Ohio now doing it. Uh, they enacted that, I think, on Sunday to uh, shelter and stay in home and uh, try and slow the spread of it uh, as, as much as we can. Because, uh, I mean, a vaccine is not going to be available for, for quite a while. So we just got to uh, do our part and uh, roll with the punches. And I I, I think we just got to uh, get through this all together. I, I, I think the hardest part for me, John, is uh, not being able to go work out at the gym. That's always one of my biggest stress relievers, and uh, that's been taken away from me. But trying to stay active, be, go outside, go for a run, a jog, a walk, whatever it is. So uh, I'm hanging in there, John, and I hope you are too. We'll all uh, we'll all get through this. But but uh, shifting over to 
recruiting and football now a little bit uh, with this pandemic going on. Uh, it was first enacted by the University of Michigan that they put a halt on pretty much everything, uh, football recruiting, basketball recruiting. And, and at the time, it was with uh, uh, spring sports in general. They, they kind of just shut everything down. And then the NCAA stepped in and said, nope, the uh, spring season is over for everybody. And uh, everyone is going to have to follow these recruiting rules. And uh, if you don't know all of that, uh, you can go to mazenbrew.com. We got a story up on there. Uh, I wrote uh, a couple weeks ago when uh, University of Michigan first put all of that out, uh, if you want to go back and read that. But uh, this dead period is now uh, in effect for uh, probably about another month or so, I believe. Um, it's going to be tough to, uh, to to rework the schedules of these uh soon to be seniors to get them on campus for whether it's an official visit, unofficial visit. It's going to be really tough, John, because I have a feeling now that uh, once this is all over and kids can actually get onto campus uh, or take these visits, I think that they're kind of going to have their minds made up uh, as far as where they want to go. I, I think a lot of these unofficial visits that some of these kids sometimes take in the spring, like around this time, even before this uh, time, like uh, late February is, is to get a feel if they want to continue moving forward with that school or not. And now they're not really going to get that opportunity uh, to, to get that extra visit in. Uh, and it's not just going to impact Michigan, it's going to impact every school. But uh, obviously with some of those kids that you've got on the fringe of uh, having interest in you or not, I, I think those kids on the edge of that uh, interest line are kind of going to go elsewhere. And uh, I, I think that's going to hurt Michigan a little bit with some of these targets that they were once going after that they probably are going to have to uh, uh, look in other directions now. Yeah. Spring is always a pretty important time uh, for guys in the recruiting calendar. I know when it, they first canceled the all recruiting stuff for the spring, the director, Michigan's director of recruiting, Matt Dudek, tweeted out that they canceled something like a hundred visit over a hundred visits for the next month or so. So obviously it's a very busy time for both sides of the coaches and the, the recruits and their families trying to link up and find dates that they can go see campus and, um, you know, continue to build those relationships. And like you said, kind of see if there's a school that, you know, maybe offered them in the, the winter, like Michigan offered a bunch of cornerback and wide receiver guys recently, um, you know, if they hadn't been on campus and they just uh, found them through film evaluation, then uh, it's kind of hard for those guys to go up uh, and see Michigan's campus and what they have to offer. So uh, it's, it's yeah, definitely tough. It's uh, going to put, it's going to make a lot of recruits kind of slow their recruitment down, I'd say, and uh, see if the, you know, the NCAA maybe opens up uh an open period in, you know, July and August where it's usually a dead period for recruiting. They may allow visits then. So prospects have chances to get visits, but I mean, these are high schoolers with busy schedules and, you know, the summer before senior year, a lot of them are playing sports or at camps or something like that and going on vacation. So it can be hard to find dates. So hopefully um, all the kids are able to take as many visits as they, they feel like they need to make a good decision. Um, but I feel like in general, the, the, recruiting calendar you know the normal schedule that we've gotten used to under the new signing day period is kind of going to be shifted back a little bit more yeah probably i i feel like a lot of things are going to be shifted back a little bit when it comes to uh making sure that everything is done correctly and uh, hopefully in a timely fashion i would imagine that uh 
and not just in college, but uh, with these pro sports. I mean, the NBA, NHL, MLB, they're all delayed. The MLB hasn't started their season yet, but that's going to get pushed back until at least mid-May. Um, who knows if uh, basketball or hockey is going to be able to finish their season with the uh, NBA and NHL. Uh, it's it's looking kind of uh, kind of bleak at this point, quite honestly. And and they, I was hearing that they may even uh, cancel the MLB draft entirely, and they don't usually do that, I believe, until around June or July. So it, it's going to be a really interesting time to uh, for for these folks to determine whether things move forward or not. And uh, it's just going to be another hurdle for these NCAA folks to, uh, to, to hop over, uh, when that time comes, if that time comes, um, hopefully it doesn't go much longer than that, but, uh, hopefully it doesn't really impact Michigan recruiting all that much, um, in, in the long run. Um, you know, they, they, I, I, I think they probably would end up losing a few guys. Uh, like I was talking about earlier, like just having the slight interest now that they aren't able to potentially even visit uh, Ann Arbor, it's just going to uh, throw a monkey wrench into a lot of other stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, definitely a damper on these kids' uh, recruitments for sure. Because now if I – and I can't relate to any of these kids at all because I've never had to make a, a an interesting decision like this. But I feel like if I were one of the – if I were in the shoes of a big-time recruit and I was being recruited by schools like Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, et cetera, and then this – recruiting shutdown happened, I, I would feel, uh, I, I would have more anxiety than I have now about this entire situation in general. I mean, that's got to be a real tough thing to, to put on a soon to be high school senior that you got to make a decision quick, but you can't really go out to these schools or, you know, really get a, a, a good feel for these schools and, and what you're looking for. And, and, and if the school is the right fit for you, um, it got to be really tough on these kids. Yeah, for sure. It also makes me wonder if, you know, any, if we see more decommitments from guys who commit during this uh, quarantine period, you know, where there's, there's no chances to go on visits that maybe they start thinking about it later on when they can, when coaches start, you know, getting in touch with them when they are able to visit um, in the, the summer and fall, hopefully. Um, so you may see guys like maybe just want to claim a spot now in, in classes um, and then maybe try to open things up later on, um, you know, but it's just kind of an unprecedented situation here. So we really don't have any other, uh, you know, time in history to look back on and see how it's going to go. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what, what, you know, the kind of uh, new paradigm is in recruiting for this year. Um, you know, it's kind of like last year, Michigan wrapped up their class super early, basically by the end of June. And only had, you know, three or four more commits the entire recruiting cycle. And now they've had two guys commit. It's almost been a year since their last guy, J.J. McCarthy, committed in May uh, of 2019. So it's probably going to be one that is uh, still has lots of spots to fill as December approaches or the second signing day in February. So just kind of interesting how it's going to flip so differently um, from one year to the next from being a super early class to probably being a class that's going to fill up later like many others. So yeah, just kind of, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I think that's a good segue into our little break here. But coming up after this break, we're going to talk about some of these kids that Michigan could end up getting commitments from. And, and one of these kids I feel like uh, could commit actually pretty soon here, uh, despite this uh, coronavirus recruiting period uh, shutdown here. So stick around. We'll be right back and we'll talk about some of these uh, top lists that Michigan has been put on uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks here. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Uh, we are going to wrap up our podcast today talking about some of these top lists of uh, recruits that Michigan has gotten on over the last week or two uh, since we last podcasted. Uh, I had kind of alluded to one prospect that I think that could commit sooner rather than later. Uh, let's just go right to him. He uh, put Michigan on his top list uh, just a few days ago. Uh, he is an in-state prospect from Livonia. He plays at Detroit Country Day. Six foot seven, two eighty, offensive tackle Caleb Tiernan. Uh, he included Michigan in his top four, and uh, it looks like it's uh, going to be heavily focused on academics. Uh, his top four is Michigan, Northwestern, Ohio State, and Penn State, and uh, all the crystal balls are on Michigan at this point. And uh, again, at this point, I would be uh, a real surprised if he didn't end up joining Michigan's class. Yeah, definitely. He's been the top target for the staff for a long time. I think Ed Warner's offered a lot of these guys who are six, seven, even six, eight with leaned, uh, not a lot of, not like, you know, the over 300 type guys that tackle the guys are like 260, 270, kind of like Jalen Mayfield and Ryan Hayes were in the 2018 class. Um, and that's obviously looking to turn out well, to kind of like the ideal uh, frame to, to get a good left tackle prospect um, and one who can stay on that left side instead of going uh, to be the right tackle. Um, so, yeah, Tiernan was going to visit in the, the spring, of course, but had to cancel that. Um, I, I think – I don't even know who would be the second-place team right now, probably Northwestern or maybe, maybe Penn State um, for Tiernan, but it just seems like a clear – uh, lead here for Michigan and just kind of a matter mm-hmm. of time when he commits or not. I mean, we could have, we, I would have been expecting a commitment from like any time from November on until now. So it is kind of just like wondering what, when, what's holding him back from pulling the trigger mm-hmm. here. Um, Cause it seems like Michigan's been the lead for a while now, but yeah, it's, there's been no changes in the status quo. It doesn't seem like any other, schools are really creeping up behind the Wolverines. So we'll see when it finally happens. Yeah, I think Northwestern probably is in second place at this point. I don't think Ohio State is a huge factor uh, in this recruitment for Tiernan. Yeah, I don't know. This one's an intriguing one. He definitely could have pulled the trigger months ago, but he's just been holding back for whatever reason. And I don't know, maybe he would have ended up uh, committing on that visit that he had to postpone uh, because of the coronavirus pandemic. So we'll see if... uh, he ends up planning something special, uh, maybe based around a visit later on uh, down the road. So we will certainly see there. But I have Michigan uh, penned in for that one, uh, for that recruitment. So another one uh, that Michigan landed on a top list, top six for a four-star Thomas Fedone, the uh, big-time tight end. He is the uh, number two tight end in the country on the uh, composite score. He's a six four and a half, two eighteen from Iowa. Uh, 71% of the crystal balls are on Nebraska at this point. Uh, but his top six, Michigan, Nebraska, Iowa, Penn State, Notre Dame, and LSU. So uh, quite the star-studded top six there uh, for the kid. And uh, he, Michigan's going to be facing some tough competition here, obviously. 
he's from Iowa, but apparently they uh, his family grew up Nebraska fans. Um, so Nebraska is a big factor in this recruitment, and uh, you can't ever count out a school like Notre Dame having the good blend like Michigan of academics and, and football. And then, of course, LSU coming off the national championship. You can never count them out either. Yeah, I think Fedon has done his research about the position he plays. You know, he has a really good uh, group of schools on there who have killed it in tight end production lately with Notre Dame, Iowa, Penn State, all and Michigan all having, uh, you know, guys drafted um, in the last few years. I think Notre Dame and Iowa are probably the two best schools in the country for, for tight ends. Um, but I do think it is Nebraska that's leading right now. Um, he's from Iowa, but I think he, his town is right on the border of Nebraska, which is why his family are big Nebraska fans. Um, I know the Michigan staff is going all out for him, though. He's like their top top uh, guy at the position, and uh, he hasn't been to campus yet, and he's definitely wanted to check out Michigan. I don't think he's been to Notre Dame either, and he's going to get hit both of those on the same trip. Um, so, you know, that that's going to be postponed, I think, until June. Um, I believe he said he was going to, uh, you know, push back his recruitment a little bit uh, and take those visits then. So hopefully they find a good time to reschedule the visit and all goes well because I think with all the, the love that Michigan's been showing them, it's, it's a good chance for them to, you know, kind of get their foot in the door uh, and kind of break the race wide open in their favor if they can have a good visit. Another kid that they've been able to uh, put their foot in the door for is uh, a kid that's actually already committed to another program. This is uh, Jay Toye. He's a, a big-time defensive tackle. He is committed to USC at the moment. Uh, 192 on the composite overall, number 12 defensive tackle. He's uh, listed at six foot one, 300 pounds. He is a uh, West Coast kid. He's from Simi Valley, California. Uh, this is one that Sean Nua has really hit the ground running on and got Michigan back in this race. Michigan landing on his top eight list with some uh, uh, familiar programs. So it's Michigan, Nebraska, Oregon, UCLA, LSU, California, Utah, and of course, USC, the school that he is committed to. Uh, certainly interesting to see a kid that's already committed uh, throw out a top eight right on Twitter uh, with with no uh, indication really that he was going to decommit. He is not decommitted. Um, but to throw out a top eight when you're already verbally locked into a school, and he's been committed since June of 2018. So this, this has been a, a long commitment to a program uh, that has kind of been teetering around a little bit as far as win losses. And then, of course, the uncertainty with their head coach, Clay Helton. So anything could happen here. Uh, it, quite honestly, I think Michigan's positioned themselves quite well, thanks to uh, Sean Nua in this recruitment. Yeah, he's he's uh, one of, you know, should be considered a soft commit at best now for USC with the way he's been acting, talking about uh, what schools he's going to take officials for, releasing a top eight while already being committed. Like, that's really only being committed in name, not in reality, um, and Michigan's really uh, sought that out. I don't know if they had, you know, intel or were talking with Toya if he would, if he was indicating that he wasn't really uh, for sure committed to USC and was kind of looking around at schools, but John Newell jumped in quickly at the end of February and offered him and uh, soon became one of the, the top schools on his list. So, yeah, he's another guy that a visit will be important for sure, and I think he's uh, probably – 
more likely than a guy like Fadone to to go to head to Michigan. I think at this point. Yeah, this most certainly. I think that uh, you nailed it right there, man. But uh, also along the defensive line, let's move on here. Uh, probably one of Michigan's top overall targets uh, in this class, regardless of position. Quentin Somerville, he's a top 100 kid. He's from Arizona, Scottsdale. 6'3", 230, they got him listed at. He's number 70 on the composite, number one in the state of Arizona. It's interesting, his top list, his top eight that he released. The one crystal ball that they got in for him is uh, on Oklahoma, and Oklahoma didn't even appear on this top eight list. You got Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Georgia, Utah, Vanderbilt, Arizona State, and then New Mexico. Um, so uh, certainly an interesting top eight kind of spanning all across the country, uh, pretty much in every uh, every big-time conference that you could think of. So uh, again, another recruitment that Sean Nua has put Michigan uh, probably at or near the top uh, of these uh, uh, eight schools here. Sean Nua has been recruiting him pretty much since uh, he was a coach at Arizona State. Uh, so you started the uh, relationship pretty early at a different school. Luckily, it translated over to the other school, and uh, Somerville had really good things to say about Michigan and about uh, Sean Nua and Don Brown when he visited Ann Arbor last April. So, uh, again, another a top list that I would expect Michigan to be either right at the top or pretty close to the top. Yeah, definitely. Uh Somerville had a really good trip last uh, spring for the spring game. He said a lot of really good things about Michigan. He was supposed to make it up for the Ohio State game this season, but I don't think he ended up coming. Um, I think Georgia right now is probably the biggest competition for Somerville. Um, But, you know, they got a commitment from a a four-star defensive end today. So, I mean, they'll probably take more than one guy at the position, but spots aren't as open, I'd say, for Georgia right now. Um, And, yeah, it's kind of an interesting offer list. It's probably not full of schools quite at the the level you'd you'd expect for a guy who's in the top 100 um but i think it kind of just makes it easier for michigan to kind of stand out against the crowd and sean Nua just keeps doing his thing there i know he facetimed him last week um and that's probably what all the coaches have been doing to their targets um since they can't have visits anymore but he's definitely made somerville feel like a priority is probably the number one guy at the defensive end position right now for the cycle yeah, he's probably right up there at number one as their top target, and I'm sure that he knows that, and I'm sure that they've conveyed that to him on numerous occasions. So uh, we'll certainly see how that plays out. Um, one that I'm not very confident about with Michigan anymore, John, is uh, five-star running back Trevion Henderson. A run, and I mean a run of crystal balls over the last few days going into Ohio State, unfortunately, uh, for the maize and blue. 16 crystal balls, all a hundred percent, all 16 of those went to the Buckeyes. And, uh, it just kind of seems like one of those, uh, when not if deals for Ohio state to land again, another top running back prospect in the country. He's number two, uh, running back, uh, in the country right now, number 17, overall number three in the state of Virginia, uh, Michigan looked like it would have been a factor here for a little bit, but again, uh, I, I think this may have been um, more so Ohio State just swooping in and making sure that they wanted to get their top recruit, 
And uh, he, it certainly seems like that's probably what's going to happen at this point with 16 crystal balls rolling in. So, again, an, a matter of when, not if, probably for Ohio State pending something weird happening. Yeah, this one is super frustrating just because Henderson has never even visited Ohio State's campus. Like, he's never been to Columbus yet, um, and they're probably going to land him the number two guy at the position, a five-star, without even having him visit, which kind of shows a difference. Between Ohio State and Michigan right now, um, you know, that Tony Alford, the Ohio State running backs coach, also did J.K. Dobbins. Uh, he was a recruiter for J.K. Dobbins, and it was the same thing. He got Dobbins to commit without visiting campus. And so if they can do pull that off, it just, you know, shows how hard it is to close the gap. And Michigan had an official visit scheduled for Henderson in June, which is still presumably isn't canceled yet because the, the – period isn't extended to the the last weekend of June yet. So, uh, you know, the coaches are probably just trying to get him to hold off and say, just wait until you take your visits and go on your officials before you make a decision. But it looks like uh, Ohio State's really putting on the pressure after landing Evan Pryor earlier, you know, last week and saying there's probably only one spot left open. And once, once Henderson left off Clemson on his top nine list, it kind of opened the doors for Ohio State to swoop in and, and get him. Um, but yep. I guess the one silver lining here is that if Henderson goes to Ohio State, then they're full at running back, and it leaves Donovan Edwards, who also got crystal balls to the Buckeyes lately, to to uh, go decide really between Michigan and Georgia right now. And I know some guys are saying that have said that that Georgia is second uh, for uh, Edwards right now after Henderson, but I really don't think that he's going to choose Georgia after Michigan. It kind of happens a lot where guys go to the South and they get enamored with it, but then they end up staying home. So I think if anything, it'll help keep Donovan Edwards home, but yeah, it comes at the cost of having Henderson, the five-star go to Ohio state. Yeah, definitely. And you never want to be able to, you know, have a recruit, go the way that you want by default of another school, especially your rival school, getting another top player. Um, and that, that's kind of what it seems like is going to happen at this point. I would expect uh, Edwards to either choose Michigan or Georgia as of now, just because Ohio State's already got two really good running backs. I think Pryor is a top 50 kid too. Henderson obviously being a uh, top 15 guy, being a five-star. Um, so certainly interesting. Uh, I would imagine that Michigan is probably at the forefront for uh, Edwards now that this happened. So again, um, you know, you bring up the silver lining with Edwards, but at what cost? So, uh, at the cost of Ohio state getting two top 50 running backs, I suppose, uh, moving on here, uh, another, a top list that Michigan landed on another defensive lineman. Uh, Landon Watson, he is a uh, defensive end from Texas, 6'3", 235. Uh, Michigan landing on his top 13. Uh, interesting number to choose. So it's Michigan. It's uh, Arizona State, Arkansas, Baylor, Cal, LSU, Virginia Tech, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Penn State, Notre Dame, Missouri, and Mississippi State. Not in alphabetical order. Um, it's a four-star kid. Um, pretty recent evaluation of him. Sean Nua is recruiting him, and I'm sure that Brian Jean Marie is also recruiting him as Texas is one of the states that he goes after. So um, will be certainly interesting to see moving forward how they recruit 
Landon Watson, but uh, landing on his top 13, I quite honestly don't really feel uh, much better about this than if he had not released a top 13. I feel like a top 13 isn't anything too crazy to ride home about, but uh, it, it is landing on a top list nonetheless. So, uh, of course, you'll take uh, the somewhat good news over any kind of bad news, right, John? Yeah, right. I think it's notable that Texas didn't make it on the list, given that he's from, you know, the state, the Lone Star State right, down there. Yeah. Um, you know, he was committed to LSU at one point, um, but he decommitted there, but they're still on his list, although I don't think he'll end up with them. Um, I know he's he did really perk up. I think Gene Marie's hire did really help Michigan out here. He had a visit planned for April to come up to campus, and uh, after he got offered, um, that won't happen, but we'll see if he'll uh, come up again later on the cycle. If he reschedules that, then I'd say Michigan is probably in you know the upper tier of those schools in terms of his interest uh, for sure. So, yeah, keep an eye out for him when he kind of narrows that list down. Most certainly. Um, another kid, we're just going to stick with defensive line at this point, John. It seems like this has all been all defensive line. But uh, another in-state kid here, um, a 6'5", 275, a Rayshon Benny. They uh, got him listed as an offensive lineman on uh, 24-7, but he is uh, being recruited as a Defensive lineman, he put Michigan on his top 14, which is uh, even more interesting than top 13. But uh, I'm not going to name all these schools. But the notable ones being Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, um, Michigan State, Penn State, LSU, Auburn, uh, Oregon, schools like that. So he's got some uh, pretty decent offers here. Um, I don't know if all of these schools are going after him along the defensive line, but uh, that's what Michigan is uh, going to want to take him as. And uh, he seemed pretty receptive about that pitch from the Wolverines. So uh, I would imagine that they've probably got him probably at or near the top of their list as well. I would imagine that they would probably recruit him uh, for the anchor spot on their defensive line, kind of like the uh, Rashawn Gary, Quiddy Pay position. Um, I, I would imagine that he's probably, like I said, at or near uh, the top for Michigan. Uh, and I think the, uh, feeling is probably mutual at this point, given the other players that they're going after. Yeah. Benny wants said he wants to play on defensive line at Michigan and Michigan said, sure, we'd love for you to do that. Um, he could probably play uh, defensive end or defensive tackle, depending on where they, how much weight they want to put on him. Uh, you know, he's obviously got a big frame playing the offensive line as well. Um, yeah, I think Michigan, he's kind of a guy that isn't, I don't think is talked about too much as an in-state guy, even though he's ranked 126 in the country right now, which is pretty, uh, good and would definitely be a, a take if he ever wanted, if he wanted to commit at any time. Um, but yeah, he's definitely would be awesome add to the class, um, and along the defensive line there. Um, yeah, I think Michigan's in a good spot here. Oak Park's kind of a high school where they've been so-so recruiting-wise. They've missed out on some guys in the past, um, but Benny could be the one to kind of turn the tides here. Most certainly, and uh, it, it's looking pretty decent here, so uh, we'll definitely continue to follow that recruitment as it plays out. Uh, one list that Michigan was left off, surprisingly, was uh, one of 
at least you can assume, one of their top receiver targets in the 2021 class, that being Malcolm Johnson Jr. He's uh, six foot one, 185 from Alexandria, Virginia. A four-star kid, number 202 on the composite. But he released his top 12 uh, just a few days ago here. And uh, Michigan, nowhere to be found. you got a bunch of uh, southern schools, and then you've got Maryland. Uh, uh, smidged in the middle somehow um, as the one uh, Big Ten school on that list. Uh, all the other ones are pretty much SEC or Big 12. So uh, certainly interesting to see Michigan off that list, but uh, they've offered a few other uh, wide receivers in the class recently, uh, kind of uh, telling at this point, knowing that um, they went on a run of offering uh, some some bigger bodied wide receivers, and then they get left off this list. So I guess it was kind of one of those uh, uh, foresight things that you could have seen, uh, but I just didn't see it at the time. So definitely uh, now looking back on it, not incredibly surprising, but at the time that he released the list, it was a little bit of a uh, eyebrow raiser for sure. Yeah, I was I was definitely kind of surprised when he when Michigan left him off because you know he was one of Josh Gaddis's top recruits. Um, and I feel like he definitely was putting in enough work to at least warrant a top 12. But then you kind of look at the schools on the list and eight of the 12 are in the SEC. And then you got Oklahoma and Texas and uh, Maryland, Virginia Tech, which are kind of closer to his home there. Um, apparently he has some good connections at Maryland. So he seems like a guy who wants to go to the South um, and stay down there closer to where he lives. So uh, it seems like he didn't really want to leave that area and go up north to Michigan. So, uh, yeah, kind of hard to, to fight that. And uh, Gaddis couldn't really convince him otherwise, which is kind of disappointing. But, yeah, it th- definitely makes sense why uh, they've been offering a lot of other wide receiver guys lately. Yeah, most certainly. And, uh, like I say, a lot of those wide receivers being bigger-bodied dudes, 6'3", uh, 6'2", kind of in that range, um, some of these guys that they've been offering are, are burners though. That, that Hal Presley, uh, kid that they offered, he's, he's got some wheels, man. He's, he's a bigger kid, but he's got some wheels too. So, um, now it'll be interesting to see how they go after the wide receiver position for sure. Moving forward. Um, now that what could have been one of their top targets, uh, at the time now left them off his top list. So, uh, I think that is it. Uh, we got through it. We uh, got through all of those top lists now that there's uh, very little recruiting uh, stuff left to cover. So any any little thing that uh, you can pick up and uh, kind of just throw out there, uh, we'll certainly take. Now that the uh, dead period is going to be going on just a little longer. Um, again, I just want to reiterate to everybody, just uh, during this period, there may be times where uh, we don't record as much. We don't have as much sports coverage on Mason Brew. Uh, don't fear. We we definitely do have some things planned and uh, we're going to try and uh, keep everybody that uh, reads and listens to our podcast as entertained as possible throughout this period because we we're dealing with it just like you guys are. Everybody is it's uh, it it is certainly an interesting time in our lives uh, that we'll probably never forget and that we'll probably look back on and say damn that that 3 or 4 weeks that that sucked. But, um, you know, we, we'll get through it. We'll get through it together, whether it be through podcasts, written content, uh, fun little videos, uh, Q&As, however it may be. 
we'll uh, certainly do our best and um, we're going to keep up with all this. And uh, like I said, we'll get through it together. So uh, Johnny boy, any uh, final thoughts, uh, uh, words of wisdom, uh, anything at all from you? Um, yeah, I don't know. Look out for some more scouting from me. I'd say in the future, I've got some more time on my hands and can kind of break out the tape and look at that. Um, I think I'm going to do something on the wide receivers that Michigan's offered lately to see what they're looking for at the position, um, to kind of go off more of what Vaughn said. So look out for that. I'll still be doing the offer board updates, um, that I've been doing weekly. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of the guys are now, since not, since they can't go on visits, they're kind of narrowing down the list themselves into figuring out which schools they really want to go to um, in their limited time they'll have once the suspension lifts. So there's been a lot of these top list updates and stuff and new offers going out all the time. So yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that stuff. Certainly can't wait to see all of that. And uh, like I say, we'll do our best to keep you guys entertained throughout this. And, um, you know, if you've got any ideas at all for us, uh, whether it be on the podcast or written content, definitely hit us up. You can uh, get me at Twitter at uh, Vaughn underscore Lozon and uh, Johnny boy, where are you at on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. Yep. So uh, feel free to tweet at us. Any ideas, any recommendations you guys have for uh, any content, uh, definitely throw it our way. You can also tweet at maize and brew. Uh, follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram if uh, if that's your route that you want to go down. And uh, while you're at it, if you uh, are one of our podcast listeners on Maze and Brew, give us uh, a subscription on our uh, podcast. You can find us pretty much anywhere that you get your podcast. So uh, give us some downloads, give us some five-star reviews, and uh, we'll keep all this content coming. So uh, thank you once again. Um, my name is Vaughn. That is John on the other end of the mic. We will uh, try and keep up with all of this, and uh, we will stay in this together. Go Blue!